Radio. This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Rita Reimers with 19 Cats and Counting. I'm flying solo today as my co-host Linda Hall and her family continue to recover from COVID-19. You won't want to miss today one of my all-time favorite people and yours too, Maya Bialik. She's here to tell everybody you need to take your cats to the vet. And we'll be back right after this commercial to talk all about it. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. My own Beholic. I am so beyond thrilled to have you on my show. I did not know until recently that you are a cat lover. You're a cat mom like me. I'm a super cat mom. Very happy to be here. You have three kitties, right? I do. I've had cats my whole life. Never had a dog. Wasn't interested in that. Still am not. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way. I grew up with a dog and my parents have seven dogs. I get my fix at their house. So did you have cats growing up too? Or is that something as an adult? Yeah, we always had um, shelter cats my whole life. My mom was raised um, by Eastern European immigrants who did not believe in having pets at all. It was considered a very unnecessary expense. Sure. But my, my dad's mom was a tremendous animal lover. And she was the kind of lady who like had a bird that visited her every day at her kitchen window in Long Island. Like Love she it. was an animal whisperer. She was like a Dr. Doolittle. So my dad grew up with pets and they always had like a weird chihuahua, but um, we became a cat family. So yeah, I've had cats my whole life. (laughs) I love it. So you got the cat whisperer gene. I got the cat gene, correct. And I so love your work. I'm such a big admirer of yours. Big Bang Theory, one of my favorites. You're my favorite movie of all time, Beaches. Thank Um, you. And I know you've got a new show coming up where you're going to again be working with Jim Parsons. It's called Call Me Cat. Yeah, Jim Parsons and I are producing it together, and it is an American version of the BBC show Miranda, um, which is about a very, very unusual woman. And so we're doing an American version about a very, very unusual woman who leaves her job as a math professor to open a cat cafe. I and love She's single and loving it. And we like to say this is a character who proves you can not have it all, but still be happy. And she's a really fun, quirky, optimistic woman. Yes, she runs a cat cafe. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
I love it. She sounds like me. I left a six-figure corporate job to start my cat sitting company 18 years ago. Amazing. Um, I can relate to that. I can't wait. Do you know when it's scheduled to? No, because of this global pandemic. Right. It's throwing a wrench in everything. But we are hoping to be able to start um, filming. We've been starting rehearsals through the Zoom world. So we're hoping to have more information. But we are a Fox show. Um, oh. Fox well, you have a live studio audience? I don't know if we will. And oh, um, that's kind of what we're trying to figure out with COVID and how much can we, you know, replicate the experience of a four camera comedy, um, sure. given what we're all going through. So it's been a very complicated, obviously, time for a lot of reasons. And we are not curing COVID or curing cancer by any stroke of the imagination. <laughs> no. But it is important, you know, for our industry to get back up because it sure. is a huge part of our economy and a huge part of our, our mental health as a, as a society is to have entertainment, you know? Oh yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I've never watched so much Netflix in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you, if you have a studio audience, I miss living in Los Angeles. I'll be flying back to LA to be part of the I would audience. I to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so you are also involved in some cat causes that are near and dear to my heart. The biggest one right now is Royal Canaan's Take Your Cat to the Vet, which uh, Hannah Shaw, the kitten lady, is also involved with. Tell me a little bit about that and how that came about. Yeah, I partnered with Royal Canaan, you know, as a cat person, especially one who understands the complexity of having a cat that hates going to the vet. Um, I love being part of this because a lot of people assume that cats are oh, they're so independent or they're so self-sufficient or like they seem fine. But the fact is, I think it is important for us to realize that only half of cats in the U.S. actually go to the vet. And we need to do better because just like we do preventative care for ourselves, for our children, for our dogs, um, cats really do need the same. They can be very good hiders of what's going on. So it's also really good to get them acquainted with the entire process And also, you know, any cat that I've ever had that's difficult, just seeing a vet pull their little gums back and play with their teeth is just so pleasurable. Why wouldn't you want to have that happen? (laughs) I know that's when people come to me for cat behavior advice. It's one of the first things I ask is, has your cat seen a vet? Because I could give them all the best advice in the world. If it's a medical issue behavior, changes aren't going to help. Absolutely. Um, and I know with my own cats, they hate going to the vet. They really oh, do. I, I have a, a home cr- vet. I got a cranky lady. Cranky lady Francis, like, doesn't want any part of the universe. <laughs> um, the, the, the kittens, as I still call them, they're four. The kittens are definitely easier and more pliable. Sure. Um, but, you know, Francis was a rescue who we think was abused before we got her. Oh. So she's generally very skittish. It's yes. literally taken her 12 years to warm up. So... <laughs> I have one like that. I'm still working on my Picasso. It's two years. And just this week, I've been able to put the food bowl in front of her without her. Yeah, I literally hadn't pet this cat until about five years ago. Oh, she's like mine. She's the cat's cat. She's her own cat. She hates kittens. Didn't know that until four years ago. She hates them. Hates them. Oh, she doesn't know she's a cat. Clearly. Um, So tell me more about uh, the Take Your Cat to the Vet. How are you encouraging people to do that? Um, Well, all the information is at royalcanon.com slash cathealth. There's a lot of different ways to get educated, learn more about cats in particular. There are also opportunities to chat for free with vets to find out, you know, also trouble things to look for. um, Mm -hmm. And also just other ways to support us knowing more, being as curious about our cats as they are about the universe. So that's really it. All the information is at the website, royalcanon.com slash cat health. 
I love that. I will definitely be pushing that out on my blog because I know people really need to get their cats that vet visit, especially as they age. I have an older cat who's getting really skinny. So we had that baseline senior panel run. So we're ready. We know what her numbers are and we can spot any changes. Absolutely. You've also been involved with some other things. Like I saw you have helped a cat named Trinity through Waggle and your foundation. Tell me about Trinity. Yeah. So Waggle approached me. This is an organization I didn't even know about. They help people who cannot afford to pay for care for animals not be euthanized, which it's so devastating that so many pet owners have to make decisions about their pet's life simply because they cannot afford treatment or procedures. So um, Waggle is an organization that helps families stay intact, as it were. So I was really happy to post for them. I love that. I know that that is such a gut-wrenching decision. Uh, thankfully, I've never been in that position, but I know people who have. It's tough. You want to give your cat every chance, but sometimes sure. you just can't afford it. For sure. Let's see. And you, you also did some work for the ASPCA. Meow for now. What's that all about? Yeah. I mean, I've been, um, I've been a vegan for quite some time. And so I'm very supportive of a variety of different animal organizations and especially those that talk about, you know, larger issues of the implications of our, our living and how it affects all of our animals. But yeah, I think the ASPCA does beautiful work and has, I mean, they've, they've been around a very, very long time. So really, I'm, I'm generally supportive. And this is one of the things I tell whoever's in charge of my social media in my life. Like, I will always post for anything cat related, anything animal rights related, anything, you know, supportive of that. So, you know, that's one place where it's kind of nice to use that that platform and that visibility on, on Twitter and social media and stuff to, to really talk about that. So that's been a real pleasure. I love that. We had Tina Reddington with the ASPCA on our show a couple of weeks nice. ago. Very yeah. nice. Yes, she was awesome. Yeah, they're incredible. Those are warriors, you know. Right. So you're, you're a vegan. Um, how long have you been a vegan? Let's see. Um, vegetarian since I was 19. Wow. And then I became awesome. a proper, um, I mean, I'm a million years old. So I became a proper <laughs> vegan. Yeah, it's been about, yeah, it's probably almost 12 years that I've been a a full vegan. And I'm also a lifestyle vegan, so I don't wear leather and I don't do all that stuff. You know, I I tend to be one of those non-judgmental vegans, meaning I don't know what's right for you. Right. Um, but for, for me, in terms of my health and in terms of the impact on the environment and sort of the decision making that I was going through every time I ate, I just felt like I'm tired of having to like decide which egg is the right egg or which dairy is the right dairy. So I just instead of not knowing which line I was crossing, I like to say I erase the line and just eat vegan and it makes everything simpler in my head. So I was going to ask you if it was a difficult transition, but it sounds like it was easier than being vegetarian. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm allergic to dairy, which actually most people have some dairy sensitivity or yeah, allergy. I do. Yeah, like upwards of 75%, and in certain ethnic populations, over 95%. Mm-hmm. We're actually not naturally wired to process dairy. So um, that was actually really easy and helpful, and I stopped having sinus infections after cutting out dairy. Um, but it's really like the trace eggs and trace dairy, you know, that made me unable to eat, for example, Reese's peanut butter cups or whatever. So there are vegan alternatives, but generally I eat a wider variety of foods now that I'm vegan because I can't just like eat a hunk of protein and be like, I'm full, you know? Right. Yeah. I think sometimes the protein, it goes a little too far because that can put stress on your body too. For um, sure. But I, you know, most people can get plenty even from, you know, non-meat sure. sources, but yes, it is a little bit more effort, but my kids have been raised vegan. 
they have rosy cheeks and flesh on their skin and they still have hair and you know all the things people warn me about um they're fine they grow they run and jump to play you know I love that. I've, I've toyed with it a few times. I was raised a meat and potatoes person, but I, I know when I eat less meat, I do tend to feel a little better, especially mm-hmm. if I cut out the red meat. Right. So yeah, that's something I am working on for sure. Let me see what else we can talk about. There's, there's just so many things that I want to ask <laughs> you. You the highlights as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you're so brilliant. I mean, you're such a talented actor Thank and you. scientist and just so all around. You seem like you would be the kind of person that would be successful in anything. Okay. That's really, really sweet. I'm also like a completely normal, imperfect, strange person. My hair is usually a mess and I do things imperfectly all the time, but that is very kind of you. Well, I was going to ask you, where did you, you get this great work ethic, I assume from your family? I mean, I, I would say yes. My grandparents are immigrants to this fine country. So my mom's parents were sweatshop workers and my mom was raised in a tenement house. So, you know, I definitely have very interesting family history. My dad's side is a little more of an assimilated Jewish American, you know, Eastern European story. But yeah, my parents were born during World War II. So um, I was raised with a lot of information about our history and, and also the burdens on us. And my parents were civil rights activists. So I come from a long line of fighters and um, love it. And, and also very strict. I come from a pretty strict house. <laughs> I think that helps. Too. Well, that's good. I'm very yeah. organized. <laughs> Your mom, you're raising two boys, right? Yeah. And are they also becoming cat lovers? Oh, yeah. I mean, my my older son has a very special bond with our tuxedo cat, Addie. For whatever reason, like he's her person and I'm divorced. So I have them half the week. And it's like when he shows up, she just starts following him about. And she must love his the texture of his comforter. because, like she'll sleep there with him all weekend. Like if he studies in his bed, she's right with him. My younger son is a little more tentative. He was named for my grandfather who hated all pets. So when he was little, he seemed like he was channeling my grandfather. He was always like, you know, like pushing them away when I wasn't looking. He's gotten a lot better and it's good for him also to learn just even how to hold them. He just doesn't have kind of a natural affinity. So he loves to learn and and show me that he knows how to make nice. It's very, very sweet. With cats being the number one pet, I noticed when I was still running uh, Just for Cats Pet Sitting, we had more and more men clients coming to us. And even the couples, right. it would invariably be the man, the husband saying, well, it's my cat. It's not her cat. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> well, I wish my sons would clean the litter without more fight. But, you know, oh. we're getting there. <laughs> well, let's take a little break. And then when we come back, we'll uh, talk about your upcoming projects and anything else you would like to tell us about your own kitties. We'll be right back. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. And it's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. My dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> 
are back with Maya Bialik on 19 Cats and Counting. And we have been talking about her various involvements with cat programs, especially the Take Your Cat to the Vet program with Royal Canaan. I'd like to talk to you about your three cats and your beautiful Addie, who is part of the ad campaign for Take Your Cat to the Vet. She's beautiful. I have to say that cat showed up for that photo shoot. Yeah. So unsure. None of my cats are necessarily like that cat who will mm-hmm. do what you say and let you plop them anywhere. But I don't know what got into Addie. She literally, I mean, it was the smoothest photo shoot I've ever been involved with. And they literally were saying, gosh, they're asking for a picture of a cat in a box. And I was like, oh, this cat will get into a box this big. Like, mm-hmm. she, this That's is a box. box. So we put the box down. She got right at like, she was unbelievable. Um, she <laughs> does have beautiful coloring also. Um, she has kind of that mask coloring. Yeah, beautiful. Without a pectoral muscle. That was her special needs. And she was on the kill list. So she's our really, really special needs rescue. She seems to be, you know, recovered fine from her surgery. And we were told she may not live the same life um, span as other cats. But I told my sons, you know, this is a the, the Hebrew word. This is a mitzvah. Like this is a... Sure. a a good deed and an act of graciousness to give her that opportunity for however long we can have her in our lives. She's an exceptional, exceptional cat. She also has, we call her the slowest tongue in the business. When she like sticks her tongue out either to lick you or to clean herself, it's so slow. You can catch it every single time. (laughs) This is like our thing. Almost every picture you take of this cat, her tongue is out because it's really slow. Um, Also the sharpest tongue we've ever experienced and very slow. (laughs) That sandpaper tongue when they try to bathe you. It's like literally like razor blades, but it's so slow. And you catch it and like, she seems to think it's fun. Nobody seems upset. Did you choose her because you thought she would be the most cooperative or you just didn't know? No, I was actually on a a talk show in New York when my last book came out and they were having a clear the shelters Mm -hmm. segment. And I knew right when I met her that something was different about her because she was very floppy and she couldn't stand up like normal cats. Right. And I found out that she was missing her pectoral muscle and that she needed a surgery. So I was hoping that someone would see her on this news show that I happened to be on and adopt her, but they did not. So I said to the shelter, if no one calls in, I will adopt this cat. And my publicist, Heather, and I, on our next trip to New York, I think it was a couple weeks later, we literally picked this cat up from her foster mom. She was in a full body cast. She had had her surgery. And I took her on an airplane. They wouldn't let me use my first class ticket (laughs) to hold my cat. So I sat in coach between two people who were like, why is this celebrity lady with a cat? (laughs) That's so weird. Couldn't really properly lay down because she was in a full body cast. So she would sleep with her hands in the air, Um, but she recovered really nicely and never really grew past kitten size, which is kind of fun, fun for my boys. We have small cats. So it's just what happens in our house. Yeah, I had a cat like that too. She only lived to be seven, but she had ventral septal defect. Aww. And she never really got bigger than kitten size. Aww. But she was a sweetheart. And like you said, it was a mitzvah because every vet told me that they normally put kittens like that down. And they told me she wouldn't live past six months. Well, I wouldn't put her down. And I had her for almost seven years. So that's beautiful. Yeah. However long you have Addie is a bonus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you have also, in addition to Call Me Cat coming up, you have a movie coming up. 
as sick as they made us. Tell me a little bit about that movie. Um, well, I actually, what I have is I have a script and I have a cast, but because of COVID and the universe, we have not filmed it, sure. um, but I did. I wrote my first screenplay uh, about four years ago and we have Dustin Hoffman, Candace Bergen, Simon Helberg from Big Bang Theory nice. and our cast. And now we begin the process or continue the process of trying to figure out how to figure this out during quarantine. So, you know, most of my time is devoted to, obviously, to Call Me Cat, to getting to do fun things like I'm doing with Royal Canaan, um, I'm starting a podcast and like that sort of life now. Tell me about your podcast. Um, I'm starting a podcast about mental health. You know, I'm, I'm trained as a neuroscientist and I um, in particular worked in the Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA. So I'm doing a podcast, um, we're calling it Mind Bialik's Breakdown and our little landing page is bialikbreakdown.com because that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like a breaking down of information and also sometimes it feels like you're having a breakdown when you're dealing with issues of mental health. And I think this quarantine has really introduced a lot of us to aspects of mental health we maybe didn't think about for ourselves. Um, And honestly, it's not unrelated to the fact that like we're home a lot, which is my cats living their best life. They're super excited. I'm home. Oh, sure. They love it. But for, you know, for human contact and for for the things that kind of plague our minds, I decided to start a podcast uh, talking about it, talking to experts and also talking to, you know, celebrity friends and other people who are experiencing these kinds of challenges. And, you know, as you know, one of the best things for mental health is having a companion pet. I would argue cat over dog, but that's just because I'm a cat person. <laughs> oh, if it wasn't for my cats, I would have gone stir crazy a couple months ago. Okay. I, I moved back to the Carolinas to be near my parents and they're five minutes away from me. Maybe I see them once every couple of weeks because, you know, she'll go out to the store. Or I'll go out to the store. We're like, okay, 14 days. We can't see <laughs> each other just in case, even though we wear our masks. Thank you for wearing a mask. My usual co-host to the show, Linda Hall. She has COVID-19. Her husband has it. He brought it home from work. He was wearing a mask. Somebody wasn't. Their 15-year-old son had it. Her adult daughter has it. And her son-in-law is, um, he might not make it. He's in the hospital fighting for his life. So yeah, it's, it's very serious that it's very important people wear their masks, if not for yourself, you know, for the people out there. Absolutely. You know, you never know who you're going to give it to. Kids aren't resilient to it either. I mean, her 15 year old son, he didn't get sick enough to go to the hospital, but he was pretty sick for, you know. No, it's terrifying. And, you know, also for those of us with, I mean, I have a thyroid condition, which is an immune immune compromise and I I have asthma and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody with allergies who's had their throat, throat close up from something doesn't like to, you know, put themselves at risk. So I get it. I'm wishing them well. I'll be thinking of them. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I know Linda does too. She'll be listening to the show. She's got MS, so it's harder for her. Yep. You know, it's, it's yeah. she thinks she's getting better and then she'll hit a relapse. And, yeah. you know, of course, worrying about her son-in-law is not helping Absolutely. matters either. Thank heaven for our kitties and those of you yeah. who have doggies too, because they're part of what's keeping us sane. I will definitely look for your blog because that's something I'm very interested in, you know, living alone, being the only person in a house full of 19 cats and counting, (laughs) hence the name of the show. I sometimes feel like I'm being held captive by a small army of fur creatures. (laughs) So anything else you'd like to tell us that we haven't covered? No, I mean, it's really nice to speak to you. You know, I think that there's a lot of a lot of people make jokes and there's a lot of stigma about, you know, like crazy cat lady. But um, I know. As, we say, as we say in Call Me Cat, you know, you can be a rad cat lady. And I think you're a rad cat lady. 
Oh, thank you. I'd really like to change the meaning of crazy cat lady to something more positive. I am happy to be nuts for my cats. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I wear that moniker proudly. Well, I would love to have you back. Uh, I can't wait for Call Me Cat. And believe me, I will be there. Should you have a studio audience, I'll be on the next plane to LA. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And I have to thank my awesome executive producer, Mark Winter, who does such a fabulous job for me. And please continue to keep Linda Hall and her family in your thoughts and prayers. Thank you, everyone. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.